Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. All right, everybody, look, they're here. Now we can start the show. And we have a great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview was the director of The Greatest Showman, starring Hugh Jackman. He was the executive producer of the Elton John biopic, Rocket Man. And his latest project is the Pink documentary streaming on Amazon right now called All I Know So Far. It is Michael Gracie. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week. 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out is for Jim Saba. Say hi to Jim Saba, everybody. Hey, Jim. Jimmy, how you doing, man? How you doing, Jimmy? And I would like to begin today's proceedings by letting you guys know I might have to stop in the middle of it and pull some silk out of my ass. <laughs> Come again? Yeah. <laughs> Alex knows what I'm talking about. I was, I was bitten by a venomous spider. Yeah. Yeah, I was bitten by a spider, and I will tell you, not one superpower, but a lot of pain and swelling. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm in my apartment in New York. I wake up in the morning, and my wrist hurts. Just the, 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 the my left hand, the inside of my wrist hurts right here. And I was like, ow, ow. This hurt, and I went and I went. I went on about my day. I had a, I had an interview I had to do. I went down to the. I was at the comedy cellar. I went down and I did a set, and it was hurting all day. Like it wasn't going. Like it wasn't. It was like stiff, but it wasn't going away. And then the rest of my arms getting stiff, and I and I'm thinking to myself, this is. I don't know how I got it, but I got instant corporal tunnel syndrome. I don't know if there is such a thing. <laughs> I got a spontaneous corporal su- tunnel syndrome, or or someone hit me with a twenty-two while I was sleeping. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it can happen. Yeah. Yep. When you told me that you think you thought it was uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, syndrome i'm yeah. like are you an accountant <laughs> why would you have carpal tunnel syndrome? i don't know that's, that's the only wrist injury i know besides taking a bullet so I, I went to i was hurting all day so i took i took on a leave and i figured ah, this will go away that night boys i'm telling you the whole arm is swelling up it's all stiff and it was really hurting more now it's going up my arm and into my shoulder so mm. i call my wife i'm <sighs> in new york she's in la i call my it's midnight mm-hmm. i call my wife and i go honey i don't know what this is she goes, take a picture of it. So I take a picture of it. She goes, it's a spider bite. Which was hard to do anyway, because you couldn't take a picture because it was awkward. Yeah, I had, so to, like, I had to lay my hand on the counter <laughs> like, a, like a piece of meat. Like, <laughs> and he's getting angry. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it. I'm like, well. I'm getting angry. I'm in tremendous pain. All right? I'm poisoned. So I take a picture. I send it to my wife. And she goes, it's a spider bite. And I go, are you out of your mind? Yeah. I'm on 14th Street. I'm yeah. not in the Congo. Yeah, you denied it. How did you know it was? A, how did you know it was a spider bite? Immediately, how did you know that? What I did is I circled the bites because you could see them. <laughs> she wow. did. She she knew what it was. My wife. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, my wife. So she she goes. All right, I, you have to make a poultice. <laughs> What the hell is that? <laughs> exactly. I said, first I have to look up the word poultice. <laughs> it's, it's a quick thing you can do with a little baking soda and water. Yeah. Okay. So it took her an hour to convince me it was a spider bite. And then yeah, after it that, did. Then, I, then I'm thinking to myself, I just want the pain to stop. Fine. It's a spider bite. Call it what you want. 
So this this poultice is basically go take the baking soda out of the refrigerator, take two parts baking soda, one part water, mix it up, put it on your arm. So there I am making a poultice. Right? <laughs> I'm in the we're ki- FaceTiming. We're FaceTiming. I'm sitting <laughs> there. A little more water, Adam. And, and God bless my wife. She's trying not to laugh as, <laughs> as the poison is heading towards my heart. Okay. <laughs> So I'm sitting there, I put the thing on, and I'm like, I can tell, it's not, it's not a spider, but all of a sudden I put it on, I'm like, oh, that's cool, that feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh-huh. That's good, that, that, that's, ooh, it's a good poultice there. <laughs> so I put it on, and she's like, okay, I'm looking up, she goes, and now, it's three o'clock in the morning now, because this was three hours of this bullshit, of her trying to convince me, me making a poultice, me going through everything, maybe it's the gout, and then she's like, you know. She's like, how can we, he goes, you don't eat meat. How is it the gout? And I just went, oh, maybe it's plant-based gout. I don't know. <laughs> You're making up a gout now. I don't know. I just didn't know. I just, I just couldn't believe spider bites. So I put the, the I wiped the poultice off. Mm-hmm. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm up at Walgreens. Hey, I took that journey with you. You did. She was in the headphones. We're walking mm-hmm. up the whole time as, as I'm walking, right? With, with, with my arm dragging behind me. <laughs> like with a the, zombie. Yeah. With the poultice dripping. Yeah, with dripping poultice. Right? <laughs> I'm upstairs at Walgreens, and she's like, we need elderberry. <laughs> so we had to get elderberry and we and, you had and, to get and Benadryl. A, something for the inside, something for the outside. Yeah, yeah. So we got so we, I got Benadryl and elderberry for the inside and a lovely set of curtains for the outside <laughs> to keep the spiders away. <laughs> so yeah, I came home and I started loading up on that stuff and, and it hurt for another two days. I was dizzy. That's what it was. It started out where I was dizzy. So this thing got me mm-hmm. somewhere before before that morning where, where the wrist hurt. <laughs> Well, at least What's the matter one. with that face? You guys can't see this because it's audio, but Mark's face is priceless. Mark's, Mark's, I don't, yeah, I don't like spiders at all. I, like, I don't. You either. know how much I love all God's creatures. Yeah. I love them all except for spiders and maybe like a couple others, cockroaches, rats. You're all on the same island together. Yeah, lawyers, but spider. So my question to you, Adam, is: Yeah, how quickly did you burn the entire apartment? Like, oh. just to, to, to eliminate the the, the, roof uh, the first thing I got, first thing, finally when my wife convinced me that it was a spider bite, and and I hung, I had the poultice on. You know, she goes, I got to be right back. So I put her on mute, and I go, Where are you, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you're yeah. in here. Yeah. I'm gonna break all eight of your legs when I get you. You. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there yeah. is a rule. What? Well, my rule. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's written <laughs> it down a rule somewhere. In my head, yes. What is it? <laughs> I think I, I told Mark about this rule that if a spider is, you put your tap your foot in front of a spider. If mm-hmm. it goes towards your foot, you got to get rid of it. That's a poisonous. Yeah. Right. If, if it doesn't, you can shoot outside. If it doesn't, if it doesn't advance when you tap yeah. your foot. Yeah. There, I have a rule too, mm. and that's rule is you stamp your foot on the spider, and if it lives, <laughs> then you figure it out from there. That's good. That's, that's what, what I do. Rule too. <laughs> yep. Hey, yeah. uh, you know how I like to look up things. Yes. Yeah, so what'd you get? You know, I had to look up. What? Like when you're bit by of- a spider, what does that mean cosmically? Cosmic, okay. yeah, like when a, like when a bird uh, poops on your head. It's good yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good luck. So when a spider bites you, mm. that means you're going to win a scratch off or something. Yeah, what well, does it, it mean? It says, um, all right. It says, seeing spiders everywhere, then getting a spider bite is a message to heal the traumas that are hiding underneath the surface. I'll take it. 
Wow. <laughs> I'll take it. And here's why I'll take it. Because I was swelled up so much and I was still traveling because I had to do a bunch of other gigs. I was, I, I was in a lot of pain. Boys, I barely made it out alive. <laughs> so I, I went, they, they put me on prednisone. So I'm on prednisone, right? So I'm taking this stuff. And I'm like, it's and, and it's it's a, it's, it's worse. A, it's a steroid, and it's worse. I have I I was I was basically poisoned. I was poisoned by the spider and then the prednisone, and my adrenal glands were wide open, and I was miserable. I was Doctor Jekyll and Mister Asshole. Oh, That's yeah. who I was. Oh yeah. So something happened at the house, and I started screaming. I mean, just really scary. The dog going, get the hell away from me! Right. <laughs> That's scary stuff. Yeah, and my wife was really scared. I, I really, I scared you, didn't I? Yeah, she did. Yeah, she she saw the monster. I saw the little the eye. It's more like you didn't turn into Spider Man. You turned into the Hulk. Yeah, I, I she saw the monster, and it only comes out when it, in in danger and stuff. It, it doesn't come out a lot, you know. Um, so th- after I I realized, Jesus, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I threw the friggin' prednisone away. I said I'd rather take the pain than have to deal with that. And uh, and so it was kind of a healing crisis because I realized, okay, I, I got an awareness of how lucky I am. Yeah, honey. Don't you like it, though, when you're like grumpy or whatever and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it was only sleep I needed or, oh, it was only food I needed. Like it's, No, it was- here's, the, here's the problem is I, I had venom and steroids running through my body. That was the problem. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like, mm, maybe he needs a Snickers bar. No, <laughs> I was being poisoned by the insect world. <laughs> well, this site, this I'm fascinated with this, okay? Mm-hmm. It says specifically if a spider bites you on the arm, what it means. The arm or the wrist? The arm and wrist. Okay. A spider bite on the arm or wrist is about personal power and strength and creativity. You may feel powerless, incapable, or unhappy with the work that you are doing. Mm -hmm. Working on strengthening your solar plexus can help strengthen your courage. Take back your power. Okay, wait a minute. So <laughs> I got bit on the wrist back. because it's draining my power or telling me to work on my power? What's the it's message? telling you to take back your power. From the spider? I told you, as soon as I find that <laughs> son of a bitch, I'm going after him and his whole family. I'm going to knock down all the webs, you bastard. <laughs> you can crawl, but you can't hide. <laughs> who writes these things? What? Who writes these things? Somebody I mean, is who writes these things. There's, I like it. There's no doctors writing this. There's no spider doctors writing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the, oh. Alex, is the last name of that person who wrote it, is it Parker? First name, Parker. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah>. <laughs> You know, that was so funny. You know, Adam, you have this joke about the desert that was so funny about Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm a big a big Spider-Man fan. By the way, I've proven doesn't work. Doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but I always said, listen, I, I was driving to Vegas and I was thinking to myself, if I get in trouble, Spider-Man can't come and save me because there's nowhere for his webs oh, yeah. to grab mm. onto. So he can't he can't yeah. get me. Bear in mind, boys, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> thinking about so, Spider-Man saving this is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So there can be no Spider-Man in the desert. No. So anyway, it's it, it's better now. I mean, I'm still... I, I mean, I was dizzy. I had shortness of breath. Yeah, you freaked out yourself. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. And you still went on and did your show that night? Yeah. You're a better the, man than look, I am. The audience doesn't care. <laughs> What's wrong with his hand? Yeah. What you, mm. Does his left hand seem a little bit bigger? Maybe he shouldn't no, be doing this. It's not about the audience. It's about you, like concentration up there. I, like I know I'd be like, look, I want to make you folks laugh, but my arm's about to fall off because I've been attacked by an army of spiders. Okay. My, I would rather have my arm being fall off than, than my house being foreclosed because the mortgage still has to be paid. All right. Fair point. What am I going to go from one spider to an army of spiders? Prove we- that it wasn't. Prove that it wasn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, listen, I, I could just see me explain to the bank, look, there was this spider. <laughs> oh, we get that all the time. Sure, take a couple months to pay it off. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I am very grateful that my wife knows how to identify a spider bite. Uh, I am very grateful that I, I have the courage and strength to live through the pain. You guys have no idea what I've been through. Mm-hmm. There's a, a quote in the Pink documentary that I love that pertains to this situation. Pink said, I am not going to miss out on a beautiful day just because the day before hurt. Oh, that's a good one. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Of course, I like that. she said that because uh, there was a malfunction on stage and she got pulled off at 30 miles an hour. I said that because I was bit by a spider. So. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Michael Gracie, who directed the documentary. He's a very interesting guy. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Spider bites themselves can be painful, but the real concern is a spider's venom which can include necrotic agents and neurotoxins. If you suspect a spider has bitten you, try to bring it with you to the doctor so he can determine the best course of treatment based on the species. Where are you, you son of a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know you're in here! You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. 30 Minutes feels a hell of a lot longer to me. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I got some stand updates for you guys. Tomorrow, May 28th, 29th, and 30th, I will be at Cobbs in San Francisco. June 4th, I will be at the Brokerage in Belmore, Long Island. And June 5th, I will be at Soul Joel's in Royalsford, Pennsylvania. There's a link for tickets in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And you know, if you can make it to any one of these gigs, please come up after the show so I can thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, let's listen to my voice. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a big-time movie director. He started his career as a visual effects artist, then a commercial director, then a music video director. His featured directorial debut just happened to be the mega-budget musical The Greatest Showman, starring Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron. The film won a Golden Globe, was nominated for an Academy Award, and made $435 million. 
He went on to produce the Elton John biopic Rocket Man, and his latest project is the pink documentary All I Know So Far that's streaming on Amazon right now. He's the pride of Melbourne, Australia. He looks good in a wool cap, and I'm very grateful he has made some time for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Michael Gracie. How are you, mate? I'm great, Adam. As, as a tremendous intro. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for making time for me today. I know that you're a very busy man, so I want to jump right into it. I have many questions. You met Hugh Jackman when you were both shooting a iced tea commercial in Japan. Is that right? The commercial was set in Japan, but we actually shot it in Rio. Mm-hmm. The, the job was out, of, was out of Paris, and it was between me and a very big-time French commercial director. Right. Uh, and I won the job based on the fact that being Australian, they thought I knew Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I never said that I did, but I, I definitely didn't right. correct them when they assumed that we were friends. And, uh, and, and I kind of figured that by the time it was clear that I didn't know Hugh Jackman, you know, it would be at a rehearsal two days before the shoot. So, you know, mm-hmm. by then it's too late to find another director. Good plan. And uh, uh, when we were at the rehearsal, um, you know, the agency was there and the client was there. And in walks Hugh and he looks over and he goes, Michael! And with this big grin on his face. And um, as we're hugging, he just says really quietly in my ear, "Uh, mate, they think I know you, so just go along with it. So that's literally the first time I met Hugh Jackman, and um, we pretended to be friends the entire shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. See, I didn't uh, when I read about it. I just read that you didn't correct them. I didn't know any. I didn't know that that Hugh was playing along. And I saw the commercial. I found it on YouTube. Big production numbers. Big dance. Uh, you're in the hotel. You're outside in the pool. Hugh Jackman is dancing on the water. I'm Catholic. I thought only my guy can do it. Apparently, the Wolverine can do it, too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had, we had a great time. And, and at the end of that, he, he, he said, oh, you know, we should make a film together. Um, but at that, at that stage of my career, I'd been shooting commercials for about 15 years. So what happens whenever you shoot a big Hollywood star, you know, during the rap party after a couple of drinks, they usually say, let's make a movie together. And then you never yeah. hear from them ever again. <laughs> So Hugh to remind me that I wasn't that impressed when he said, let's make a film together. I was kind of like, yeah. Um, so true to his word, he then he did send me uh, the script to The Greatest Showman. Yeah. And you're, you're a first-time director with an $84 million budget. I'm, I'm guessing this wasn't a yes off the bat. Uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was seven years of convincing people. You know, yeah. uh, convincing them that to, just to do a musical, let alone have a first-time director. You know, it, it right. was it was definitely uh, it became a real passion piece, but it, it was not an easy sell at all um, to get the studio to agree to make the film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, now of course they're very happy they made the film, um, but at the time it was it was terrifying. You know, I think. You know, we, we definitely live in a world at the moment where, you know, when you spend that kind of money, they want the reassurance that it's part of a franchise or it's a remake mm-hmm. of a successful film that people already love. Um, yeah. 
So to do something wholly original is it's just harder and harder, you know, these days. But a $84 million budget and it's your first picture. I mean, you had to be nervous. You know, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, the, the commercial work that I had done, it, I think that, that big spectacle musical pieces is kind of what mm -hmm. I spent, you know, a great deal of my commercial directing doing. So those, mm -hmm. the, the things that scared the studio the most, obviously the musical numbers are the most expensive part uh, in terms of production. That actually, that, that that was the thing that I could do that with my eyes closed. Like that was, I was so, I was so excited about the people I was working with, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera, you know, the were unbelievable. You know, they were mm -hmm. just, they, they were all my sort of dream choices, you know, cinematographer, Seamus McGarvey, you know, Nathan Crowley, the production designer, first AD, Peter Cohen, all these people. These are like people that, if I had the choice of anyone on the planet, I would like to work with this person. And, and I got it, you know, I got, I got my first choices and to be making a film with them was such a privilege, not to mention the people in front of the camera, you know, Zach, Zendaya, Hugh, you know, Rebecca Ferguson, like the list just goes on. I mean, it was like, it, it was, it was what was really interesting and, Peter Collin, the first AD, pointed this out to me. You know, we were doing six-day shoots, right? So they're tough weeks. You've only got one day off. You're singing and dancing. It's a lot of takes to get those things right. And, um, and you know, when, when a, a star, because of their schedule, doesn't have um, something on, meaning, you know, you've got this afternoon off or, you know, you might have a whole day down because just because of the way the schedule is landing, um, those days are so important because you've only got one day off for weeks. So people mm -hmm. love having those spare days. And Peter Cohn pointed out to me, he said, look, you have your stars, you know, big Hollywood stars coming down to set on their days off just to sit on camera and cheer and clap the people who are in front of it. And he said, you know, just understand this is this is not normal. This is really special. Yeah, that that special vibe is something I picked up in the in the Pink documentary. Uh, you presented and were part of a, a very much a, a family environment. I mean, you got some really really intimate stuff and access. Um, and I was wondering, did you have a relationship with Pink before you did this documentary? Yeah, so I I met Pink when we were. She agreed to to sing Million Dreams on um, our reimagined album that we, we put which was after the film we basically were like, who would we love to sing this song? And for me, you know, the message of the film and the message that Pink has sort of promoted her entire life, you know, one of, you know, celebrating being unique, celebrate the fact that you're not like everybody else. You, you know, she just was the perfect voice both um, vocally and, you know, her sort of, her core values, I guess, to, um, to sing that song. And so we did this amazing record session with her and Willow was there and Willow was singing Million Dreams, you know, as loud as her mum outside the booth. And we said, oh, does she want to hop in and do a recording? And that was the first time Willow jumped in the booth and did a recording. And it was just one of those magical days. You know, you meet someone and you just have this instant sort of connection. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Pink asked me to do a music video for her song, Walk Me Home. And um, we, we had an absolute ball shooting that. Um, you know, it was a really difficult shoot. It, we were in LA and it was just pouring with rain. It was just the craziest couple of nights. Mm-hmm. But, but we just had so much fun. Like, it was just like, uh, it was it was just such a joy to be on set working with her and creatively, you know, like um, we just it was it was a very easy creative process. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it came to time to do this, it was definitely a case of um, her feeling comfortable enough to literally allow me and. Dave Spearing, who who shot it with me, and he, you know, so it was just the, the two cameras, and we literally we would stay in their room until you know they'd fallen asleep, like, uh, and and then we'd let ourselves out, and in the morning, you know, her assistant would let us in, literally, just as she was waking up, um, and so we had this amazing access, and and I I kind of feel like that's that is what's special. We there was nothing that was off limits. You know, there's, there's a sequence um, in the film where she's upset about the, the layout of the stage because she can't really connect um, with the audience and she's trying to work out, you know, and that, you know, that was one of those meetings that, you know, people were like, oh, should these guys be in here? And she was like, yes, yeah, yeah. they should be always here, you know? Yeah. And so, cause you do, you see the, you, you see the highs and you see the lows and you see the frustration mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and you see this this incredible bond that she has with with not separating her her, her working life and her life. You know, she really brings those two things together, um, and that's kind of what I witnessed the the previous two times that I'd worked with her was that she just doesn't separate um, her family and her work. You know, they're, they're, everyone is part of this extent, you know, because the tour family is like, you know, she, she's been with some of these people for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. So it's it really, they, you know, they they really are this, this, this incredibly close, loving um, family. And getting to sort of capture that um, and be invited into that, yeah, it was, it was, it was so much fun. That meeting that you that you're talking about was one I, I really took note of because I was like, how if you've never seen a pink show, she's flying through the air, you know, and she's singing in key. And I'm like, how how is this woman doing? I'm exhausted just watching her. And it's all done in, in Wembley Stadium. You know, I, I want to set the stage for the audience. Yeah, the documentary takes place 20 days out from two sold out performances at Wembley Stadium, 140,000 people. And you're with Pink for the whole ride and you get emotionally invested. I was nervous. I mean, I was very nervous when the show was starting. I'm like, OK, here we go. Uh, and you went from those big, giant, grand moments down to these little, small family, uh, intimate moments that you chose to shoot in black and white, which I thought was, was, was very effective and seamless. It wasn't, it wasn't jarring in any way. So the emotional range that you captured and the, and the emotional journey that you took the audience on, I thought was, uh, was enormously well done and, and, and really good storytelling. Uh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, you, you, you see a performance, you know, and she is, you know, she's a rock star. She's just like, it's her vocals are so powerful. She, as you said, she's flying around the space. She's, 
just dancing and like it is just nonstop. And you mm-hmm. expect that person in your head to walk off stage and then just pass out, you know, mm-hmm. or go on oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, she walks off stage and picks up her kids and then goes mm-hmm. back to the hotel room, you know, where Jameson's like demanding that she continues entertaining him. And yeah. and it's just like, you know, and you could just see her exhaustion, but she, she doesn't shy away from it. She just keeps going. And it, it's kind of this, it's really beautiful to, to see that this scale and then this scale, you know, the sort of grandeur, um, the, the sort of, as you said, you know, your stadium just like Wembley jam packed with people sold out and them all screaming her name. And then coming back to just Jameson, her son, screaming her name. Like there's just this, yeah. the, the the scale of it is is really, it really fascinated me. And I just, you know, I, I, the moments that I, I loved the most was, you know, like discovering that while Pink is up there doing an entire show and an entire performance, under the stage, Willow is running around making sure she's at that spot as her mum comes down from stage, runs into the change room with her, helps her put on a clo- you know, a costume, runs yeah. behind her as she gets to the next board. Like those, and as, as, as Pink comes up to sing the next song, singing along with her under the stage is her daughter. And yeah. none of that the world would ever have seen. And that's the sort of peek behind the curtain that I just think is really, you know, it's really magic. Yeah. And the connection to her mother, um, she told the story that uh, when she was in the fifth grade, she threw a birthday party and nobody Anybody showed yeah. up. And her mom, her mom made that day special for her. So now it's a fond memory rather than uh, the, than a, a painful one. And my heart just opened up. I'm like, oh, I love that lady. And you can see how, how that, that she's doing that for her children, too. Yeah, the other one that, that got me was when she's in the car and she was saying about, you know, you you think your parents are perfect. And yeah, then you have that moment when you realize that they're not, they're just human. And uh, she describes it as like, the, it's your first heartbreak because, you know, it's before that moment, you you, you sort of saw them as these these sort of perfect icons or, or, or gods and and yeah and then you realize they're fallible and when she was talking about that there was just something about and it was super casual we were just in the car on the way to rehearsal and she was just chatting but afterwards it was just something that really stuck in my head you know? yeah how was uh how was your relationship uh, with your parents were they supportive of you um going after your dreams yeah i was very very fortunate you know my my um my, I'm, I'm the result of, of, of my parents, you know, they, they, uh, the sort of my whole visual aesthetic and the way that I get to capture the world is, is thanks to him. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, my mum had a, such a love for music. I'm one of five kids and, you know, she made us all learn musical instruments and, mm-hmm. and then at Christmas, you know, we have to play for her. That's that's our Christmas present to our mother. So to this day, we we still all dust off our instruments and play for her at Christmas time. 
It, it sounds way more professional than it is. I mean, we we hit the the same wrong notes. We play the same tunes. We had the same arguments about tempo every year. <laughs> That's great. That's great that you you guys still do it. Um, now I I know we're running out of time. I wanted to ask you, uh, what was the first music video you ever did? The very first music video I ever did was uh, for my friend's hip hop band called Twelve Hundred Techniques. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think that's always the way. It's like my friend's band. Um, and uh, it was called Karma. And it's right. a, it, it, it was, again, it was a weird. I always find myself pitching these concepts to people who are just like, what? Um, so it was a hip hop music video, but I wanted to do it with, with hand puppets. Right. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the first music video I shot. And was your mom proud when you brought it home or was she like, Michael, really? Puppets? <laughs> no, my parents were crazy supportive. They let me, I, I always wanted to do animation. Um, mm. And I used to do animation in, in my sort of uh, summer holidays. But uh, before I did my final year, they let me take a year off school um, between year 11 and 12 to go and work at an animation company um, mm-hmm. in a different state to where I lived. So I lived in Melbourne. I grew up in Melbourne, but uh, the animation company that I wanted to work at was in Sydney. So mm-hmm. for a year, I, I, I went to Sydney at, at, at 17, and I, I worked full-time at a company called Animal Logic, uh, which is the animation company behind films like The Lego Movie and Happy Feet. Um, and so, you know, the fact that they let me do that was, you know, they, they were incredibly supportive of of the fact that I wanted to pursue a, a sort of creative life. That's great. And and your artistic sensibilities came out in um, The Greatest Showman. When I was watching it, um, there was a, a feel to it. And when I was reading on, on, on how you did it, it wasn't CGI. You used a lot of miniatures and paintings, and it had like this, this Monty Python, this flying circus uh, feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Like even the backgrounds, instead of doing green screen, we just painted, you know, like the rooftop set, that whole backdrop is is just a big 360-degree old-school painting, you know, like they were doing Mary Poppins. And I, I just wanted it to have that sort of classic feel to it, you know. Yeah, and it worked because when, when I was watching it, I was like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in a place. I was taken to this this, this, this other land, and it was, it, was, it was slightly, like, magical. Yeah, it's like um, I wanted to have that sort of um, what, what I call, you know, theatrical reality. So mm-hmm. as opposed to just reality, it's sort of it is heightened. Yeah, but one of the things I noticed is you go from that 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 heightened theatrical reality to these smaller human moments that have have heart, and you're you're hitting those notes. You know, you, look, maybe you can't do it on a saxophone, but you can do it on a movie screen, Gracie. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't always hit the right notes on the saxophone. I think we can both definitely agree on that. Um, but the, <laughs> but I think that's about that's the thing. You know, the the joy of directing is that you have these ideas in your head. Yeah, and uh, you know, every day you're 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 singing songs, you're drawing pictures, you're writing, you're um, dancing you're just constantly trying to get these ideas out of your head 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and you only need to get them in a, down in a sketched form. And then people way more talented than me uh, take them and run with it, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it is, it's such, it's so amazing that the people you, you end up collaborating with um, because you look at the work and you're just blown away, you know? And, uh, you know, working with Pink was, was exactly that. You know, I, I, every time we've, we've gotten together um, creatively, we've just had such a, a, a wonderful time and it's, it's very inspiring, you know? And I think that is, you know, aside from the work itself, that's the real joy of, of the life that you get to live. You get to, you, you get to have these um, incredibly talented people, uh, part of your life. And, uh, you know, this, this was no exception. And, and as you said at the start, the, the sort of um, the way in which uh, Pink sort of gave us access to her family and, you know, it's, it's the reason that the film has a, a sort of intimacy that doesn't feel like, you know, they've just hired a person who's just following them around the camera. You know, it's like, um, you know, she's discussing things and talking about parenting and talking about being a rock star. Um, and it's like sort of sitting in on a conversation between friends. Yeah. And, and in my opinion, that feeling was communicated in the final product. Uh, and there was a quote that I loved that Pink said. She goes, I'm not going to miss out on a beautiful day because the day before hurt. I thought that was great. And uh, of course, she said it because something malfunctioned. She got pulled off the stage at 30 miles an hour. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the energy that you described that you put in there was definitely definitely came out in the final product. Here's a question for you. Do you have to fix something in post that when you shot, you thought was going to be better? Um, in Pink's film or other work? Uh, in other work, in other work. Did, did you ever have to? Like, uh, in other work, said- yeah, all the time, all the time. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, I'm constantly looking at shots going, well, that didn't work like I wanted it to. And, yeah. <laughs> Adam, I'm yeah. not that good. I'm just not that good. <laughs> thing is, like, you, you finish any film project and you just go, I just want to do that again, knowing what I know now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's your creative growth. It's it's a good thing. You know, you should never, you shouldn't be working on anything and not learning. You know, the whole point is that you 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 take on these challenges and and you learn so much from it, and you you grow, uh, you grow creatively, you grow as a filmmaker, you grow as a storyteller. You know. Yeah, and you certainly have, my friend, from a visual effects artist to a commercial director to music video director to feature film director and your latest project the pink documentary uh, that is on amazon right now and it's really really well done and has has made me a a pink fan so i thank you and i thank you for spending some time with us continued success and best to you and your family cheers i'm really glad to meet you the ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. They got tinctures, they got edibles, pain creams, they got bath products, and they got pet products. Take 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. That's right. That's for you. You take that. Take 20% off with the coupon code ADAM at anything they have at CruiseIntoWellness.com. Go. Feel better. 
I really enjoyed talking to him. He was an interesting dude, and I love the fact that uh, he had a sense of humor about, listen, I didn't correct him that I didn't know Hugh Jackman. He went with it. <laughs> he went with it. And and I got a newfound respect for Hugh Jackman that saw money on the table and played along. Michael! Just go along, mate. We'll both make a couple of bucks. That was great. What a sweetheart yeah, Hugh Jackman was, right? What? I mean, Hugh Jackman totally prompted him up. Yeah, Hugh Jackman played along, and they both made money. And the commotion was good. I found that you can find it on YouTube. It's a big production, singing and dancing, and everything. Hmm. Yeah, I loved that the after party where Hugh Jackman was like, "Let's make a movie," and he said, "Yeah, mm. we went," and they actually did. How cool was that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking myself, what a great, cool person this guy is because he had automatic respect from Hugh Jackman. Works with him, says, "Oh, this guy's good. Mm. I'm going to have him direct this movie. First time movie." $84 million. I mean, that's a lot, like you said in the interview, mm -hmm. on, on the shoulders. And seven years of convincing. Listen, let's make a movie together. Not going to be right away. <laughs> but but it happened. It. Yeah. It happened. And just with, also with Pink. Pink does yeah. a, a song for him. Mm -hmm. They connect. So then she respects him enough to let him into his, her life, yeah, which yeah. I thought was a great way to see exactly who Pink is. Mm -hmm. And it takes a great deal of respect to allow someone to see you behind the curtain. Yeah. Well, know? she let everybody see him. I mean, they sent me a link to the documentary, so I, I got to see the whole thing. You know how good it was? I watched the whole thing with my ADD. I watched the whole thing. I was emotionally invested in it. He really did a, a great job of of everything behind the scenes. And the, and like I said, the black and white stuff with the family was really good. And you do, you see her waking up, you see her going to bed, you see the traumas and everything. Yeah, Mark. That's, I mean, that's brave on, on both accounts, you know, mm -hmm. by allowing yourself to be in that room and allowing somebody to be, to, to come in and see that. I know not that anyone's ever going to make a documentary about Mark Stern, <laughs> but I'd be like, I'm going to go to bed in a few hours, get out of here. And I'll call you when I wake up. <laughs> I don't want anyone watching me coming out of the bedroom with bad head and puffy eyes and just angry at the world already. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Well, well, let me soften up a little bit. Then we can get the cameras rolling. I've seen it. Cause I've stayed over on the couch and I was like, <laughs> I really think that's where the spider was. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's a dormant bite. Oh, oh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Mm. Well, first of all, the fact that you sat through it tells me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed okay. by that, too. I, I knew yeah. you'd be impressed, no too, Phil. I don't even I don't even watch things I'm in. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. And, yeah. and, um, and also, I was thinking about if he was following us around right. and he was uh, filming you pacing going for your walk, yeah. talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, that would be too much exposure. Yeah. <laughs> and you would be like this, he really wears that stuff. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know how pink is boundly, it's just one thing, it's him. He wakes up in the morning in the pajamas and walks out into the street in the pajamas. I have to I have, stop him. I have to stop him. Yes. <laughs> Adam, it's not you that has access. It's the world that has access. I have to I have to instill <laughs> boundaries true. in him. It's true. Adam, are you going out? Oh, hold on. Let me check out. OK, yeah. you got your two shoes on. OK, you're, you're good two to go. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I liked I liked Michael a great deal. I love the fact that his mother made him all the kids learn a musical instrument and play for me. Mm -hmm. Play for me. Serenade. Cool I've given you life. <laughs> play for you the will, You will serenade for me. Every, every Christmas, my mother would say, you're going to kiss your grandmother and don't make fun of the fact that her teeth come out of her head. All right? <laughs> it's the same thing. Adam, I don't want any of your bullshit. Okay? Behave yourself.
<laughs> no, I, I love that. I mean, that's I mean, you could see the where the creativity comes from. I played the trumpet in the sixth grade. My mm. mom never made me play for other people, but she brought everybody to this concert where I was playing a solo. Mm-hmm. And the day before I got in a fight with Marco Bester and he busted my lip. <laughs> and if you oh, play no. the trumpet, your lip is everything, man. You know, oh, my God, it was horrible. I couldn't play to save my life. I'm standing in front of everybody. It was so embarrassing. Trauma- it was traumatic. Mm. Horrible. <laughs> horrible memory. He couldn't blow. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't play. I could not play. But I got up and did it. I just love that Alex said that. I'm looking at her right now. She's I'm so trying proud. not it's to so laugh proud. right now. It's true. I, it's true. It's true. It's true. But the, the effect that this is having on you is bringing me great joy. You're all red. You can't breathe. If your wrist swells up, it could be a spider butt. Oh, man. You are gasping for air, and I'm going to make you a poultice. Uh, goodness. Hilarious. Well, you know, um, people like Pink and people like Michael, mm. to me, they lead a... And I'm going to use a term that you're not going to understand, Go ahead. but I understand it. Right. They lead a poetic life. Okay. So it rhymes? What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm saying that, like... They meet and something clicks. Let's do a film. And they do it. And, mm-hmm. and here I'm flying through the air and mm-hmm. I'm singing. And, you know, they just follow through and they, they inspire each other and they yeah. have these great quotes. I yeah. mean, I want to be them. Me too. This shit never <laughs> happens to me. I met Phil. We're on a podcast. That's it. We're peaking. <laughs> yeah, this is it, I mean, buddy. I love it. This is it. This, this, this is all inspiring. the access we have to each other's lives. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Phil Stern, and you. I'm just saying I'm very inspired. Yeah. And I, I, I really want to see it. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I love Pink anyway. Yeah. And so. I think he does great. And I really liked meeting him. I thought he was, uh, I like when he said, uh, did you have to fix anything? He goes, oh, all the time, mate. I'm not that good. <laughs> oh, that, that was great. How was yeah, I yeah. thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Right, Mark? How many times do you rush something and you're Mm -hmm. like, if I only had more time or, you know. I say that at the end of every day. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now that I've screwed everything up in that day, if I could just groundhog day it over again, I'd actually get one or two things right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I love that sentiment of like, you know, you you just want to do the project again because you're like, I know where all the pitfalls are and Mm -hmm. ah, it's just, it's great. What do you think about the people who say that you live life over and over again? I don't have that awareness. I'm like, here's what I'm very worried about. I'm worried about when I die, I'm going to go up there and they're going to say, ah, it's a push. You got to go back and be you again. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> my God. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This. I barely got through it the first time. I'm going to have this thing on my face again. Get the hell out of here. Well, would you rather have that or they're like, I got some bad news for you, Mr. Ferrara. You're going to be a spider this next go around, okay? I'm going back as a spider just to find that son of a bitch. <laughs> Where is he? Or you can hide in Mark's couch. Oh, my God. Adam has a resentment against a spider. I don't have a resentment. I have a vendetta. Yes, a yes that's the attitude. There's a yeah. difference. You know yes. what else it's I Moby have? It's Moby Dick. Yes. It's Moby Dick, baby. You know what else I have? I have a great respect for Pink's mother. Fifth grade birthday party. She tells the story in the documentary. She's all ready to welcome her friends and celebrate her birthday. None of the kids show up. That's heartbreak. Heartbreak. So what does Pink's mother do? We're going to make this a special day. Just me and you. And I went, oh, I love this woman. Yeah. That's what that's kind of what I did uh, when we got married. What? Yeah. We got married 
on the day my father died. Oh, I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. I called my wife. I said, I'm getting, I don't know if, I don't know if we ever told this story on the podcast, but I got married. I said, honey, we're getting married uh, February 6th. She was like, why? I said, that's the day my father died. So now it's my anniversary and not the day my father died. I am taking my power back. She goes, that's beautiful. I, I thought it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. No, that's great, yeah. dude. That That's very inspiring. That's really cool. And yeah, he seemed to be a part of that day. My dad? Yeah. Because yeah. you did that, he, it's like, I, I know he would be there anyway, mm-hmm. but he was really there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, he was good. He was yeah. there laughing. Yeah, for sure. He was having a good time. See, that is living a poetic life, Adam. Oh, I'll, I'll take that. Thank you, Stern. Maybe we there just don't go. see it, Adam. What? Maybe we, yeah, maybe we just don't see it. Hmm. You tell me what the you tell me what the poetry is to being poisoned. Well, how's that? <laughs> well, you, Where's you the poetry heard what I read. What, yeah, it's it's a, it's a little message from your little spider friend. Okay, all right. Well, listen, I I want to thank Michael Gracie for being my guest. Uh, I want to uh, I want I want to tell everybody that with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Good. <laughs> thank thank you, Mr. Parker. Yes. <laughs> Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, and the show is growing, as I told you before. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you guys <laughs> have a lot to do with it. So I was going to say, right. but you know it helps. What, what is that, baby? It really helps when you give us a review. Yes, it does. We have no idea how, but it raises our profile. So mm-hmm. if you can uh, get a chance to give us a review, that, that would help us out a great I deal. I have pretty hands right now. <laughs> uh, and please remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. The pod has ended. Go in peace. You didn't turn into Spider-Man. You turned into the Hulk. Yeah, I, I she's sort of monster, and it only comes out when it, in in danger and stuff. It, it doesn't come out a lot, you know. Um, so th- after I I realized, Jesus, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I had to. It took you this long to notice.